This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. All right, let's go through a couple things uh, as far as specifics go uh, when it comes to Neil Gorsuch. I figured this is a good show to maybe just kind of dive in and, and talk about this stuff because we have some time here. And, you know, you've heard probably the surface stuff on a lot of shows today. Um, but let's go a little bit deeper here. Um, one of the things that really excites conservatives and shows the libertarian streak of uh, Gorsuch is what they call uh, the, uh, the the Chevron deference. Now, you might say that sounds completely boring. And was it named after the freaking gas station place? Yes, it actually is. A Chevron versus the National Resources Resource Defense Council. Um, it was actually a pretty big case, and it goes back to. It's not about you know what that case was about. It's about the precedent it set. It always is in the Supreme Court. So. The Chevron deference basically says that when the federal courts are confronted with an ambiguous law, um, the default position for federal judges should be that they side with the federal agency that implements the law. Now, that's a very boring way of explaining it. But to explain it, to boil it down, like if the EPA is the one that enforces a specific law and they have and, and there's people are arguing about what interpretation is right about that regulation, right? So EPA puts in a regulation and people are arguing, well, I, I want to interpret it this way, I want to interpret it this way. You basically go and ask the EPA, what do you guys what think? What did you guys mean? Right? right, what did you guys think? What, do you, what, what did you mean by this? Um, and what do you think the law should be, okay? Scalia supported that standard. Um, uh, Gorsuch does not. And the reason why, I think is pretty clear. It's not, these are unelected people who are uh, making regulations and, you know, the just the judges and the justices are supposed to be able to figure out what the law is. It's their job. Yeah. So let me this is how they explained it. Um, And and again, just to to boil it down, Chevron, uh, the Chevron deference instructs the courts to tip the scales in favor of the executive branch. So they say, okay, the president uh, has these people under him. He was elected and he put the people he wanted in there. So they should be able to figure out what that law is supposed to mean. Okay, or that regulation. Um, But what about the independent uh, duty? This is from uh, Reason, by the way. What about the uh, judiciary independent duty to act as an impenetrable bulwark against every assumption of power in legislative or executive, as James Madison once described the role of the courts? Doesn't Chevron deference amount to a judicial surrender in this core area of responsibility? Judge Gorsuch Gorsuch thinks so. Chevron deference is a judge. This is a quote from him a judge-made doctrine for the abdication of the judicial duty. He also says, uh, under any conception of our separation of powers, I would have thought powerful and centralized authorities like today's administrative agencies would have warranted less deference from other branches, not more. What you're saying basically is, yeah, the EPA wants to do something, and people say, well, I don't think that's legal. But yeah, just ask the EPA. It's a terrible standard <laughs> to set up. Um, he's also very good on the Fourth Amendment, and again... This is an issue that Scalia was good on. Um, Gorsuch strongly objected to the majority's view in one case, uh, United States versus Carlos, that 
that police officers had the implied consent to uh, to enter pr- a private property for a warrantless knock and talk on a homeowner's front porch, even though the homeowner had placed multiple no trespassing trespassing signs around the property and even on the front door. Um, this is this is I would think of this as the Jeffy case. Jeffy's an obvious drug dealer. I mean, we talked about it on the air a hundred times. Uh, he obviously is in all sorts of different illegal activities. We all know it. The police know it. Okay, but he has not been caught and convicted of a crime. Yeah. Right. So there's a process. It's got to be here. proven. All right. So can the police just walk up to Jeffy and start asking him all these questions and enter his property, go on his property, without any reason to be there? They don't have any evidence. They just kind of suspect he may, might be a criminal for, with no real reason to do that. No, they just, I would everybody say, around town uh, knows. no. I, I, you would say, uh, no. And a lot of, there would be some people uh, who are very pro-police or, you know, very hard, hard on crime, as we all are. Um, well, not Jeffy, I'm the police thing, but um, we, we all are. Uh, you might say, well, wait a minute, they, I, they should be able to go there. If they think there's a drug dealer, they should be able to go and investigate it. Um, and I, I understand that position. Uh, but the more libertarian streak in, in myself, uh, in Jeffy from the I wanna, don't want to get arrested streak, and in Gorsuch, the uh, libertarian streak, he had this to say. Gorsuch complained, a homeowner may post as many no trespassing signs as she wishes. She might add a wall or a medieval style moat too. Maybe razor wire and battlements and, mul- and man traps besides. Even that isn't enough to revoke the state's right to enter. This line of reasoning seems to me difficult to reconcile with the constitution of the founder's design. I mean, how hard, you know, the Constitution, they included the Fourth Amendment for a reason. So you couldn't just get searched whenever somebody suspected you or something or they didn't like you. Um, And that has been dismissed by almost everybody. And here's Gorsuch standing up for that principle and saying, you know what? I love the cops, but they can't just walk up there whenever they want if they don't have a reason. Now, obviously, in Jeffy's case, there is a reason. He's, I mean, we've talked about it. He's been on national radio explaining his crimes for multiple years. So that is a reason. You can go to Jeffy's house. Uh, But I think that's a, it's a good limitation. Again, it shows that he's trying to limit government power, not expand it. And that just, uh, again, I can't imagine this guy's going to be on Donald Trump's side on eminent domain. Um, I, I haven't seen anything specifically on that, but you read what he talks about through here. He is citing constantly against the federal government having I, more power. That's all I was thinking about when uh, earlier during radio when Glenn was talking. You know, he likes to bring up the uh, the two side buildings of Rockefeller Town yeah. Center. You know, the two guys that held out right. one for money, one for family. And all I could think of is today's one eminent domain. You're done. Get out. Yeah. We're moving and you that's out. the wrong Pack your crap approach. up in a trailer and get out. It's not the only story like that in New York. The Hess Triangle is my favorite story like this, where they, this guy owned this property. They wanted to build the subway there, uh, the Hess family. And uh, they, they took the land from him, um, and he fought it in court all the way to the end. And they said, nope, we're taking it. They finally won, and they took it. But they, the, where the subway was going left him with a triangle piece shape of land like shit it looked like i've heard it described as a giant piece of pizza that's the right. kind of the size of, right. of, of it and he, he, and he and they were like well just give us that too and he's like nope i'm keeping this triangle and it's this little tri- i mean seriously it's like you know maybe the, i've walked by it before it's about that big maybe you know kind of comes down in a, in a triangle thing. <laughs> it's about that big and so he just decided to have tiles put in on it and they just say um property of the hess estate never to be dedicated for public purposes <laughs> and it's in there and it's still there today it's all cracked and, and it's deteriorating but it's still actually still there today though. and so he held out for a very long time they tried to they they tried to get him to donate it and he was like nope and so it stayed there for a really long time 
they uh, eventually, I think years and years, I don't know if he was dead or, but eventually the family was like, they, I think they sold it to them or donated Probably, or something. Yeah, sure. Eventually, they're like, we've made our point. Um, uh, and, and, and the, you know, it's just out and front of He would of say, no, you, no, we haven't. He probably would have. What are you doing? Uh, but it's out in front of like a cigar shop now. Uh, but it's still there. I mean, you could still see it. You could still read it, even though it's, it's cracked it's and everything. Great. It's a great story. And there's a lot of those. I mean, this happens. Uh, there was one in Pittsburgh I was just hearing about um, w- on a podcast where uh, they built a mall around this old lady's house. Like Trump was doing in, uh, wanted to do in uh, with the casinos down in uh, Atlantic City. City, they yeah. built a mall and they just said, "All right, well, we w- we'll, we'll pay you, you know, tons of money, way more, a million dollars for your house." And she's like, "Nope, I'm old. I don't have any family. I don't want to move." So they built the mall right around her, and there's this, this giant mall around this one little house. And <laughs> that one wound up being that the guy who was like the foreman, I think, of the project wound up going to talk to her and realized that she really had nobody in her, in her life. And the guy actually, towards the end of her life, she wound up dying later, um, wound up going and making her breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day um, for, for a long time. And, well, and, and they wound had up being to. They didn't leave family. her a road to get in or out. You no, know, there was. She, <laughs> that's a good point. No, she could get in and out, but the back of her house and the sides of her house were surrounded by the mall. And eventually, the woman, when she died, left the house to that guy. Nice. Uh, which is kind of a, a cool story, yeah, you know. Cool. I mean, so anyway, so but point. Moral being, of that story is, if you find an old person to take care of, do it. Jeffy, can I take care of you? Uh, be- you know, close to death. Oh, Jeffy, can I take care of you? <laughs> Actually, you don't have any possessions. What am I talking about? Um, so uh, Gorsuch also questioned whether the Supreme Court had any business protecting uh, unenumerated constitutional rights, such as the right to privacy, under the Due uh, uh, Process Clause of the Fourteenth Amendment, citing the work of, of Robert Bork. Again, citing the work of Robert Bork is not always the popular thing to do. <laughs> now, the, and this, this plays to what he thinks about abortion. Now, the abortion issue is interesting here. Similar to other uh, justices, there's not a long record of him having uh, abortion-related decisions. And so it makes some people nervous. However, he seems to go even further um, uh, than uh, on this issue. He seems to be very strong. Let me read you this, this, this description. Not abortion. His 2006 book, which I need to read, I have not read it yet, uh, The Future of Assisted Suicide and Euthanasia, wrote a book about that. Now, that's a topic where you'd think, okay, well, someone who's pro-life probably probably is going to be against it. Um, However, libertarians are kind of for it. Um, He seemingly pointed to an an anti-abortion direction, rejecting the case for legalized assisted suicide on the grounds that human life is fundamentally and inherently valuable, and the t- taking of human life by private persons is always wrong. Pretty strong statement there. Yes. Um, Gorsuch also rejected the libertarian case for assisted suicide because he argued faithful adherence to the libertarian theory would also justify the legalization of mass suicide packs, duels, and the sale of one's life, not to mention the use of now illegal drugs, prostitution, and the sale of one's organs. So he's not a hardcore libertarian. He's got a libertarian streak on certain things, um, which I do, I do like. And I think, like, it's easier, uh, like, if you look at the life arguments, the abortion thing, like, for example, Glenn is obviously pro-life. However, he does take the libertarian position on assisted suicide. So I think, like, it's an actually, he's he's clearing a higher hurdle when it comes to life issues uh, for most people with the assisted suicide thing when when it comes to being on the life side of that argument. Um, you know, where most almost there's almost no one who's pro assisted suicide um, on the conservative side of this argument um, and pro choice. 
like usually those things go together when you're right. on the okay. conservative side of the argument. Um, so the fact that he is, uh, you know, again, but there is speculation here. The, you know, Pryor was probably the safest pick when it came to Roe versus Wade. He had outwardly said it was one of the worst rulings of all time. Um, so you could that you could have been a little safer with that one. Um, but he had other issues and was seen as really controversial, not to mention um, he had some issues with the evangelicals on certain issues as well that Glenn had kind of talked about earlier. So I think this is a good pick. Yeah, this was the guy. Yeah. And, this was uh, the guy that yeah. they all uh, were crying about. So there you go. Yeah, you got it. You got uh, what you want. Let me give this a little, one last thing because this is my favorite part about the guy. Uh, dormant co- Commerce Clause. We mentioned this on radio. There's something called the Dormant Commerce, commerce Clause, which is a way to read the Constitution with words that aren't there. Um, that indicate that you can kind of do whatever you want uh, as a federal government over interstate commerce, which you're really not supposed to overwhelm uh, state statutes on these things um, because it's not really commerce. They make everything commerce. Anyway, these doctrines treat the Commerce Clause as not only a grant of power to Congress to make laws regulating interstate commerce, but as a kind of presumptive limitation on the power of states to make laws that are either unduly burdened or unfairly discriminate against interstate commerce. Basically, gives takes all the power away from the states, gives it all to the federal government. Um, as the name suggests, the Dormant Commerce Clause cannot actually be found in the Constitution. Scalia eventually came around to the view that it should not be a thing and refused to endorse any future expansions of the doctrine. Um, Scalia stated, the fundamental problem with our negative commerce clause cases is the... Oh, geez, I actually misread that. The fundamental problem with our negative commerce clause cases is that the Constitution does not contain a negative commerce clause. Um, that's actually a uh, Scalia quote. I've been thinking that was Gorsuch the whole yeah. time. But Gorsuch agreed with that precedent. Uh, Gorsuch's opinions also reveal a measure of distrust uh, towards unwritten constitutional provisions like the dormant commerce clause. Let me read that last sentence again. Gorsuch's opinions also reveal a measure of distrust toward unwritten constitutional provisions? Shouldn't they Wait, all... What? You, you, you Any know, of them. All of them, if they're not written, they're not a thing. Period. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. 